Greetings, everybody out there in dreamland. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. Thank you all very, very much for tuning in once again to the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. I'm your host of Beyond Top Secret Texan, broadcasting to you from the third coast, the coast with the most, the Texas Gulf Coast. And bringing you today an episode about memes and ufology. That's right. We're going to try to uh, scale it back from the very dark uh, end of the spectrum that the last episode was, the Dark Side of Texas, and into something more of like a meta-analysis and a critique of, you know, both what I'm seeing in ufology, trying to better define where I am in ufology, where I see myself on the spectrum, and then uh, trying to kind of manifest and with the law of attraction the figures that I hope to attract to my channel and to bring into my channel the people or at least the mindset no no individuals but the mindset and the level of expertise and the level of a willingness to think and imagine and incorporate and you know I'll give kind of context and justifications for both, you know, the people who I'm not and the people who I'm not hoping to associate with, and then also with the people that I am hoping to associate with, like the the levels of discourse, the actual subject matter of research, and also just better state and, I guess, restate every year you kind of have to do it, and, um restate the mission of the Beyond Top Secret Texan channel, the Beyond Top Secret Texan, um, I guess you call it multimedia, cross-spectrum, um, you know, multi-platform content that I deliver, because it's not only lives that are delivered on YouTube or on Instagram, it's, uh, video evidence, dark web evidence that I put online, uh, generally through TikTok, um, the TikTok channel was taken down. It was taken down at 37,000 followers. It was taken down at 270,000 likes. And it was taken down at 140 million total views. When, and that was all within six months of having that channel. And I am very, very proud of that. Because right, that is a huge accomplishment in, in context in context with UFO, ufology and with the the way TikTok's algorithm is and everything that for a very niche truther channel and for the level of evidence that I brought because I was getting community strikes every other day because the evidence was too gory or too uh, disturbing or you know, deemed too offensive by community guideline standards, posting Q news, posting uh, real, like, you know, footage of, say, the Afghanistan, uh, you know, departure and things like that. Real UFO videos, the most authentic UFO videos you will ever find online collected into one, you know, easy to stream, easy to um, view platform, and that I'm hoping to rebuild again on my new TikTok channel, same name, Beyond Top Secret Texan, but there's spaces in between them now. And we're going to build it back ten times better. We're going to 
We're gonna absolutely get it uh, to you know. I hope three. I hope at least three hundred and seventy thousand followers, and I hope at least um, two million likes, and I hope at least two billion views. And this is absolutely you know I know <laughs> uh, very high standards and goals and everything, but this is how. I am. If you delete my channel, if you censor me, if you deplatform me, if you demonetize me, I'm not going to quit. I'm just going to keep posting this time 10 times, you know, as much and as more frequently because I'm going to try to um, beat you at your own game, you know, as it were, and just through sheer force of will. Uh, same thing with YouTube. They demonetized me. They took away all my advertising uh, revenue. You know, I don't make a cent on YouTube, and I have no sponsors and no advertisers. Uh, but I still produce content on YouTube. I'm still live streaming on YouTube. I'm still posting my videos on YouTube because it's, you know, how I reach out to people. It's how it's how the channel operates. The podcast has been running for over a year. It's doing great numbers. I cannot find a sponsor. I cannot find an advertiser because the content I produce is considered too controversial. It's considered too provocative for even the most internet of, of um, you know, uh, advertisers like Manscaping or uh, Raid Shadow Legends. All that bullshit, right? Like, all the bullshit that normally supports and sponsors specifically niche internet content, right? Like, you know, how many times have you saw a ufologist or someone who studies UFOs or does UFO videos, conspiracy videos, having Dr. Squatch Soap as their sponsor? It happens a lot. I mean, these channels normally do get sponsors. They normally do get advertisers. And no, I'm not saying my numbers are anywhere near there. But I'm saying they're equivalent. And they're definitely fucking better than a lot of the people who currently have advertisers that I myself am listening to and finding on YouTube and online and things like that. I say I go through Spotify for several times uh, a day and just go through random conspiracy theory channels and listen to samples because I want to know my competition. And I want to know the, the community. I really want to know the community at large. Starting basically because as someone who consumed content, you know, for years, for near a decade, just being on the consumer side of it, the audience side of it, right? And learning how to search for content, how to discriminate what is good, what is bad, who's, you know, legit, who's a shill who has something good to bring to the table, like, you know, something new, who's actually making progress, and, and then you start discerning, you know, who's who and what's what. Over 10 years, you know, you get you get a, uh, you know, a very efficient and, and skilled, but also a great sense of, like, that's your place, where it's actually to be able to watch people talk about UFOs and then to see... Um, who's just saying the same stories over and over again? Who's actually talking about something new? Who's bringing good evidence to, to, to the table? Who's uh, talking about shit that doesn't matter? Uh, you know, you start getting into the uh, the critic side of things, right? So it's always that critical eye. And now that I'm creating and actually on the other side of it, creating a podcast, uh, trying to promote videos and everything and doing it professionally... 
it's something that I'm still, it's like a coach watching tape. You know, it's like a football player. You're a fan of football first and you never, you never lose that. Just how you watched players and you can tell if they're good or not. Even if you start playing and start coaching, you then start using that skill of being able to tell if some, you know, like what's worth watching and, you know, that attention to detail and that, that affinity for it is used then on your side of it as a coach to try to improve your game and try to uh, compete with the other game. Because at the end of the day, life is competition. And like all good Stoics know, every day is a war. And uh, life is your battlefield. It just There's different rules to engagement, and there's um, different types of preparedness and everything like that. And it has to be considered part of your duty and responsibility. If you are to succeed, you must understand this. This is absolutely real-world shit. And I would not underestimate anyone to say they don't factor this stuff in. And if they don't factor it in, then they're just... Uh, Amateurs, really, at the, at the end of the day. He's like, people don't realize that, but the UFO community is just another um, community like anything else. Like magicians or like musicians or like, um, you know, any other uh, competitive industry, especially in, in, in the West. Like, we are competing basically for uh, attention, we're competing for time, we're competing for views, for. Uh, your dollar, I mean, completely honestly, we are competing. Uh, we should all be working together. Yes, we should all be supporting each other, and no one should be, like, going without, of course, but at the same time, it is a absolutely uh, honest competition between researchers, like all fields of study in academia are. Talk to archaeologists, talk to, talk to paleontologists, talk to zoologists. They are competing with each other for discoveries. They are competing for with each other for um, scientific funding. They're competing with each other for job placement. Um, and you think, well, it's science. Science should work together. Ideally, yes, <laughs> but there can only be two scientists say hire to you know this field of study and this job, and it has to be uh, decided amongst them. You know which one based on their skill. Now, hold on just one second. I guess I have to turn this music up. And then the the competitive uh, the competitive factor of it is uh, decided on the merits and the skill of the uh, researchers themselves and the material that they bring to bear. This is the kind of reason I'm going to be uh, talking about. What I'm going to be talking about is the. Uh, The Rev. Rogers sent a request. Okay. So I didn't get to that in time. Um, well, yeah, the, the merit of what you're bringing to the table is based on, you know, it's, well, basically it's, it's uniqueness. But also its rarity, its obscurity, and its validity. I, 
I don't believe every ufologist needs to discover or have original UFO videos, like like filming themselves or, or recording themselves, uh, you know, providing for this stuff. But I do think it's a factor that you should at least desire to have that, that you should be seeking to go out in the field and record UFOs to literally record them in the sky. I think that's absolutely... um, It's very ambitious, and it's very honest, and it makes me very suspicious that ufologists don't want to do that, and don't do that. Um... Many ufologists that have podcasts, that have channels, that talk about theories, that act like researchers, honestly rely almost entirely on other people's efforts because there's this armchair uh, quarterbacking going on, basically. There is a armchair quarterback scenario where the ufologist has become, in many ways, like a uh, cultural vulture. Like, just someone who is going to provide criticism and skepticism. or They're confusing cynicism with skepticism. That's the real thing. They're confusing cynicism with skepticism. And they're saying things like... 9 out of 10 UFOs aren't real. Or that most of the UFO cases and observations are explainable. uh, through Or misidentified things. This is not true skepticism. This is denialism. This is actively working to create a mental projection or a mental thwarting of eyewitnesses or accounts or uh, former research and testimony. Um, and here's the thing. like You can easily divide ufology into several groups. One of the groups is like your hardline skeptic. They're only in ufology to debunk UFOs. They're only in ufology to deny the existence of UFOs, to deny the validity of UFO eyewitnesses, to deny the validity of UFO evidence, to deny and to um, continue these hardline academic stances of saying things are misidentified birds, misidentified balloons, misidentified ex hang gliders and shit like that. And they will honestly hold themselves as like these ultimate authorities. And like the first one is the Beyond Top Secret Texan, and we like to name names here. The first one is Mick West that comes to mind recently in 2022. This guy, I hope, is at the end of his relevancy in the ufology group, but all searches I had within the, you know, YouTube um, taskbar, I like to go on, on, I like to sign out of my account, right? I like to sign out of my account and go on YouTube, and so it gives me its basic, like, like that says, 
if you were new to YouTube, never used it before, right? And you're like, oh, this, this thing is awesome. What is YouTube? Let me type in ufology. Let me type in just ufology and, and see who pops up, right? Because clearly this will tell me who's popular. Clearly this will tell me who's relevant. And one of the first people that popped up in the ufology was, uh, and after the BuzzFeed, after all that, was McQuest as like an actual independent researcher. McQuest. And I was like, well, who is this guy? I looked him up and everything. Nope, never, he's, he's absolutely a UFO denialist. He's like, never, never had any kind of sighting, never had any experience, never has any specialization in it. He's actually a video game developer who only entered it because he thought that most UFOs were CGI. Apparently, that was his thing. And since then has kind of ridden it to uh, assert that he has a trained eye. And that he is actively... I see. I don't know who's who's absolutely funding this guy in bankrolling and even convincing him that he's correct. But this is the kind of division of ufology. I'm saying this is one segment of it. So I'm not that part of that segment. I don't even look into it. I don't even consider it seriously, right? Because he is saying he's like more of an expert and relevant, like you know, relevant eye and like expert eye than U.S. Navy personnel and and you know that that's absolutely fucking proof enough why he's, he's like, oh, I know more than pilots, I know more than the people and technicians who created the gear, I know more than, more than people than the officers, say, on the radar room and stuff like that, and he's trying to explain it away by saying it's trash in the wind, or a balloon that was warmed in the sun, or something like that I don't know <coughs> not worth listening to those people, not worth listening to they're mostly all the same in that case in which they provide zero real evidence besides this constant denialism that borders on cynicism. And they, can, and they think of that as skepticism. And they think of that as skepticism because they target UFOs the same way atheists target God. The same way as if you're talking to an internet atheist or someone who's been radicalized to atheism based on personal biases and prejudices. Right, scapegoating their religion or all religions in that case. If you're talking to them about anything spiritual, they will never understand it, and they will always seek to find evidence in the disproving and debunking realms. Right, and in my case, and yes, you can consider that ufology because they are studying UFOs, but just like you wouldn't consider an atheist seeking archaeological. Uh, disproof or, or archaeological discoveries to disprove the Bible a theologist right like just because you wouldn't consider that person a theologist because they have no business in building up this this field of theology or field of religious framework they're trying to tackle it and tear it down even though both are working within a non-secular mindset or at least non-secular discipline which is like you know religious archaeology or theological archaeology. Same thing as ufology. Mick West and people like that are like, you can say like atheist archaeologists or atheist uh, eyewitness. They're like um, defense attorneys who are trying to discredit and to disprove eyewitnesses against their clients. 
But whereas you know both sides are clearly biased in two polar opposites, right? In two two antithetical uh, directions, where the defense is trying to get someone off of a crime or not guilty verdict, and the prosecution is trying to get a guilty verdict and throw this person in jail, and thus they have this you know center point in which they pull apart. You know, one wants one complete opposite, and the other one wants the other complete opposite conclusion. Ufologists are pretending to be going for the truth, but in reality they're only presenting the truth of the disbeliever, the truth of the atheist, the UFO atheist. And and the, this is not the discourse that you want to go in if you want to learn about UFOs. The second group is just a little bit above that, and it's a little bit better than that. The second group is um, best known because they only know major UFO cases, and they don't really ever extend or connect the dots between them. They may talk about aliens, but generally they don't, and the big debate between them is if the UFOs are man-made. These are your, like your um, Lou Elizondo's, your Tom DeLonge's, your... Um, people on, like, uh, Ancient Aliens and shit, the people on the History Channel, um, and then your podcasts, your, your independent contractors, your independent little people, all the way down the a ladder, who are just like, um, you know, they're willing to talk about UFOs, they're willing to talk about UFO sightings, they understand that there's a mystery to it, and there's a validity to it, but they're just, like, you can tell that they're not... Like, it doesn't change anything for them. It doesn't, because they don't factor in any kind of connection to their life or the society that they live in or the history that they call theirs and these appearances. These are the people who think that, like, yes, UFOs may be piloted by aliens, but they're just visiting the Earth is not influenced by them. The governments of the world don't know anything more than the regular person. That the uh, governments of the world are trying to deny it because they don't know anything about it, right? It makes them seem weak. And that, yes, everyday people might see them, but everything is always questionable, right? Like, questionable in which they don't want it to be too... You know, I don't want to even make any assertions because these people, while curious and while aware, like awake enough to know that this is an extremely important issue, are still more blue-pilled than they are red-pilled, right? So you got your totally blue-pilled debunkers and skeptics. This is like your purple pill, where it's like half blue, half red. They're willing to admit that these things happened and that they're unidentified flying objects. And they're willing to admit statistics about UFOs. Like, every year, thousands of UFOs are seen across the world. They're willing to admit that there have been multiple government studies on it since the 50s, with many of these cases being proven unknowns, like actually declared unknown, unidentified flying objects. They all talk about the most famous cases that other people have already talking about. Right? They don't have personal experiences to it. They're not insiders. They're, they're not trying to add anything new to the conversation. They are constantly repeating 
the same stories over and over and over again. And they're other people's stories. They're other people's accounts. They'll talk about... Bob Lazar is a perfect example in this one. Guess our naming names. Uh, we do that on the Beyond Top Secret Texans, so to name names, Beyond uh, Bob Lazar is absolutely in the second category. The purple-pilled ufologist icon, Bob Lazar. And everyone who's involved with Bob Lazar. Jeremy Corbell, um, like Joe Rogan, um, level people who are like... Yes, they're willing to say UFOs exist because it's part of their, oh, isn't the world crazy or part of their own grifter shtick, right? Where Bob Lazar says, oh, yeah, I saw a UFO. I worked at Area 51. But then you say, Bob, do you know anything else? Do you know anything about aliens? Do you know anything about what they could be doing or, you know, anything? And he says, nope, he doesn't know shit about anything else. Just the same story that he told since the 80s. It hasn't changed, there's no deviation to it, and it's constantly repeated as the fantastic tale of the Bob Lazar, a scientist from MIT who's had his past erased, he worked on a UFO in Area 51, he saw some photos, and they keep repeating it and repeating it and repeating it. And now you have hundreds of podcasts, thousands of YouTube videos based on it, you have constant reiteration of it in an echo box. And every single ufologist is, who has an episode about Bob Lazar and only wants to talk about what's already been said before helps to add to this repetition, this purple pill where they're like, yes, UFOs exist. Yes, there's secrets being kept at Area 51. Yes, people know about it, but I don't, and I'm not willing to venture into any kind of territory. And that's the purple pill mentality. That's not my mentality. That's the purple pill mentality where they're like, yes... We're willing to talk about it and be like, oh, dude, I don't know. Ooh, ooh, ah, ooh, that's so crazy. Do you think that's real? I don't know, man. Like, I've never. And, exactly, and they want to keep this kind of constant confusion into a debate so that there's no progress. And I said, that's just spinning your wheels. Like, one of them, the wheels aren't spinning. The blue pill, the wheels aren't fucking moving. This, the wheels are just spinning. They're not touching ground. Not a part of that purple pill movement. I'm not. And I don't want to be associated with it, honestly. I don't want ufologists who just want to tell stories about seeing lights in the sky and not make any real connections to it or not make any real progress. I don't want to talk about a, the a fucking Hills abduction. You know, Betty and Barney Hill. I don't want to talk about the Hills abduction. I don't want to talk about certain famous cases um, and stuff like that. I just don't. Not for 2020. That's not going to be my podcast. That's not going to be my presentation. Like I said, there's a reason why... I'm just better defining myself by saying this is who I'm not. And I'm also better bringing to the community. Um, this, yeah, exactly. Matt Squatch, great guest, great, uh, you know, uh, absolutely would love to work with you again and everything, Matt Squatch. Absolutely. Uh, in the chat for those going to be listening in the future to the podcast at home and you're wondering who the hell I'm talking to. Uh, remember, I'm recording this on a live stream and Matt Squatch presents a former guest of the show, special guest, talked about uh, cryptozoology and Yeti and Sasquatch, uh, the North American ape. Uh, actually, you know, it was a great, uh, great discussion. Uh, he says, yeah, UFO community has been talking about the same stuff for 40 years. Exactly. Say hi to the family. You know, I hope you guys are doing well this winter uh, and, and everything. So, yeah, we'll definitely contact each other and talk in. But said, yeah, the UFO community has been talking about the same stuff. So is the Bigfoot community. The Bigfoot community is weird because the evidence still exists. Like, uh, 
about these discussions, same as the UFO community, but the same thing. They, they haven't talked about anything new since the 1970s. In terms of real connections of concepts and theories putting forth, like, um, you know, real, real, like, you know, uh, groundwork or real legwork in this subject. And it's not to say that the subject doesn't have progress. It doesn't have its real innovators, its real leaders. But as a discipline, it wants you to think that it's just this, ooh, it's a mystery. No one knows anything about it. Ooh, we would love to have more answers. We would love to, you know, just have some proof. And th- and that's it. That's not the case at all. That's a completely inaccurate. Exactly. That's the mainstream and Bigfoot UFO communities are just more exactly. They want to keep you in this purple-pilled haze, the purple haze. And they want to keep the majority of people are in this field, by the way. Like you would say, um, out of the hard blue pilled. Yes, there's more hard blue pills than there are hard red pills. Uh, but the the purple pills, that's where your majority of people kind of stick and end up. Where they're like, uh, because there is no proof in the more extreme and fringe groups. because Not because the proof doesn't exist, but because there's absolutely measures to cover this shit up. And, you know, I mean, but there are men in black in Bigfoot. Matt Squatch has made videos about this. There are men in black in Bigfoot. There are men in black in the UFO community. There are men in black in the military-industrial journalist world. And absolutely, don't think for a second, exactly, the idea of proof and evidence, that because there is no proof that a mobster committed a crime, that journalists and investigators can't, can't actually realistically, you know put two and two together as, as logical, you know, adults of intellect and, and, and understand the bigger picture, not because they're holding it in their hand or there, someone has approved it for them. Right. Like you said, I don't need, uh, I don't need a a fucking doctor or a, a professor to tell me what's real. I have senses, I have logical deduction, I have rationality and reason, and I have a college degree. It's not like I'm completely anti-education. Just going through the education process, you learn that they're just regular people who are fallible and sometimes only regurgitating and repeating textbook information like parrots. It's called the parrot effect. And this is where the ufology community is currently at. It's in the purple haze. It's in this parroting of other people's theories, of other people's stories and uh, experiences. But they don't seek to get their own experiences. They don't seek to provide for themselves in this case. Um, like, And I mean, they don't camp out. They don't try to collect footage. They don't try to find new theories. They're not... Uh, you know, reaching out and, and doing their own investigation fill work. Uh, for example, many more people are willing to talk about what MUFON is doing and what MUFON says, but very few people are willing to actually learn how to do a MUFON investigation, then reject MUFON and use those skills to better the field of ufology, creating their own UFO group like, there used to be Nightcap and MUFON. And MUFON, because it works in the purple haze, is infinitely more uh, popular, so it was able to survive. Nightcap was poorly managed, but Nightcap was the red pill. 
of the ufology world in the 90s. NICAP was featured on the X-Files. They would... NICAP was badass. NICAP would, like, absolutely try to uh, sneak onto military bases and shit like that. They had a reputation, and it was helped, uh, created by former military people. Um, and so, like I said, NICAP eventually got dissolved. It's exactly that. People need to use their critical thinking skills and not just regurgitate info. Exactly. The same thing with the Sasquatch field. Uh, cryptozoology are, are all fields of study. You can be an armchair quarterback all you want. And the difference between denialism and skepticism that borders on cynicism, or cynicism disguised as skepticism, and this agnosticism, this, this, well, I don't know if it's real or not, right? But that's, it's not any better. They're the same things at the end of the day. It's armchair quarterbacks who, uh, it just one is more sympathetic than the other, and one is more, you know, is naturally, I think, able to embrace the red pill and then eventually the black pill and all that, like, you know, get into the real depths of the study, but they are lethargic, they, except this is maybe a sign of how they really approached everything in their life and in their world, and that's just, it's a part of society like it is anything else. If people themselves are lukewarm, like, they're just lukewarm people, right? Like, you can't, I can't change that, and that's why I want not to be associated with the purple haze, the purple pill, is because I'm not that. I'm not a purple person. I'm not, um, you know, one-eyed purple people eater. I'm not the the people who are just lethargic. Bring me the evidence. I'm willing to listen, but you have to. You have. To, I don't know. And now we're saying that like I don't know. That's their motto. That's their slogan. Like I don't know. It, it sounds crazy, but it, you know, they, they, and they'll always say the same thing. Like uh, it's just it's on the fence stuff. Dead Rabbit Radio and and podcast is exactly like that. Willing to talk about things. And willing to willing to kind of explore concepts, but it's it just always using it more as content and using it more as uh, filler, you know, using it more as something just to kind of entertain themselves with. And so, no, I'm not going to be a part of anyone's podcast or be a part of anyone's channel that is like that. That is like that. Um, and no problem, Matt. We'll talk later. Well, I'll reach out to you and everything on DMs, and we'll schedule a show. No, but actually, Matt Squatch is not like that. Matt Squatch busted his ass too. You look on his YouTube; he's made dozens of excellent videos that are fucking deep dives into the nuances and the the details of these sightings, of these encounters, of these. Um, you know, exactly like the the actual eyewitness testimonies, and collected them and connected the dots and created this bigger picture of it that's far more detailed. You can just watch his YouTube channel than say all the work of Bobo and Cliff, and from the from the Finding Sasquatch crew or Finding Bigfoot crew, all the work of like you know these major college level. Bigfoot people who don't connect the dots, who just show you the same bullshit uh, footprint evidence and stuff like that, and it's constantly, I don't say it's bullshit, I mean, that's obviously great evidence, 
but like they don't have anything new to say. They don't have anything really to say at all. They're waiting for something to happen, and then they can kind of, you know, uh, can say like culture vulture it. Like they're waiting for someone to film Bigfoot so that they can analyze the video and say like, well, that's their, like this is their special specialty is to analyze evidence. They're Bigfoot experts. They know howls. They know, and really they're just people who watch a lot of Bigfoot videos and listen to a lot of Bigfoot podcasts and talk to exactly and. and you can tell, like, the, one of the things with the Bigfoot community and the UFO community, who actually goes to these conferences? Who actually goes and talks to other UFO people or other Bigfoot believers? Who actually goes and spends time with them and is a part of that community? And who was so for, you know, who was so before they started making content? That's how you tell who is just interested in the field or interested in the subject as a curiosity versus someone who is the real deal and is absolutely trying their best to find answers to solve these mysteries. And so I just have to kind of reiterate that the purple pill, it's better than nothing. It's better than the blue pill, but it's basically the same. Because at the end of the day, you're going to end up with just as little, right? Zero sum, because nothing is going to get made progress. There's no progress made. Now, the red pill of ufology, your hardcore believers, they're good. I mean, there isn't room for improvement in terms of what they do. But those are the people that I'd rather be with. That's the beginning of where I'd want to be associated with and am fine being in. Just to simplify what the red pill is in ufology, like the people who made ancient aliens. And like, I mean the guy who made Chariots of Fire. Like uh, Richard Danikin. That motherfucker, and or George Sukalos, and things like that. Those guys take risks. Those guys, I know, are part of the system. And yes, I know Jude, uh, he was a Jesuit. And another one was like the Illuminati, and he was bored and the, the prestige and all that. And yeah, we get it. Same time, they are putting their reputation on the line. They are making assertions. They are challenging worldviews. They are gaining and gathering a huge amount of momentum and legitimacy for this, which is ultimately the truth. And you can't say that their efforts haven't been world changing and that it's absolutely brought to the mainstream and to the population theories that prepare them for the truth when it comes to higher levels of both spirituality and UFOs connected to it, the greater cosmos, the greater universe. And yes, I know it's weird that they only focus on human history and specifically like monuments and monoliths and stuff, but it's good enough to start. It's good enough to start. Absolutely. Um, even people who I've already gone on record and stated who I think are my, I guess you call it, um, spiritual enemies and who I think are traitors and shills and, and agents in disguise. The, the people of Gaia TV, Dave Wilcox crew, Emory Smith and things like that. 
people who I wouldn't work with, but I'd rather be associated with in the same breath or within the same field because at least they're willing to talk about these things. At least they're willing to go where, you know, to go where this is. And I'd rather have them, you know, I'd rather recognize them as opponents within a discipline because at least we're on like same levels at least we're exactly they're the people who are my true opponents not the people who just wouldn't understand what I'm talking about or just wouldn't get it like just wouldn't get it as like a thing you know like at least they they may be soulless and they may be part of the greater like Saturnite cube worshipping control opposition that uh, you know the FBI and the deep government the CIA loves to uh, put forward and always have within these radical left groups and they've been doing so since the anti-war movement of the 1960s they've been doing so since the um you know, previously before that, since the anarchist movement of the, the the communist anarchist movement in the 1930s during the Great Depression, where the Rockefeller Company was trying to uh, stamp out all the worker, workers trying to mobilize and, and create, uh, you know, equality within their uh, capitalist slave systems. Like, they've been able to infiltrate and create these double agents you know, for everything, everything from the Black Panthers to, um, you know, um, you know, Hawaiian separatists, Hawaiian independence movement people, they create, uh, double agents that they infiltrate the system, they go to the meetings, they learn the literature, they learn who's who and what's what, and then they lie in wait, and they just... Or they act as moles and moles in the military intelligence moles in the spy world just sit and any information that they overhear or come across they pass along to their to their spy handlers right and any information that they bring along they just pass along and they act as perfect uh, perfect you know members of that group but they're not they're moles they're spies basically these people are spies and that's why I say I rather have my opponents be legitimate threats to ufology, or at least to the the world uh, spiritually, but have it be authentic to where I wish to operate. You know, I'm not going to waste my time with people who aren't awake. At least these enemies are awake. At least these enemies are you know trying to um, take a treasure that's worth taking, and that is the control of disclosure this is where the red pill is the control of disclosure people who are willing to connect the dots people who are willing to create the bigger picture or people who are trying to create create it with an agenda create it specifically with an agenda people who I wouldn't want to associate with in this realm in, in that deep end of the pool are people who don't have accurate images of it people who are prejudiced or extremists against it your religious fundamentalists your the, the people who think aliens are demons 
the people who think um, that this is a part of a New World Order Project Blue Beam uh, uh, plot to to somehow take away and strip our freedoms and our livelihoods and everything. Those kinds of people, at, I, I, I equate with, at least they're thinking, at least they're using their fucking heads, right? At least they're living with their hearts and they're living in their truth. But I wouldn't want to be on their program, I wouldn't want to be on their broadcasts or their channels, because, exactly, at that point, it's something ideologically opposed. I'm not going to be a target, and... I wouldn't want to spend my time arguing with them because I said I'm not here to convert people who have already made up their minds or anything like that. If there was some kind of sense of respect or decorum but at the same time, uh, I know that in these circles, if you were to, for example, be invited, or if I was to be invited on a program or speak with people, it's very difficult to um, communicate without this idea of hostility or um, confusion you know between between two people and I'm not someone who likes argumentative uh, podcasts I, I'm not someone who wishes to argue with people to to yell and to have two different viewpoints um, I'm willing to have multiple different viewpoints yes I'm having I'm willing to speak to people who don't agree with me, who have different viewpoints, but not in an argumentative way. Not in a way where we're going to butt heads and that we're going to try to uh, push each other into, like, different end zones of, of belief. And I, I say I'm willing for a counterpoint thing where it's one point, another point, one point, another point, debate style, but... I think people are too emotional at this at this end of the spectrum, too heavily invested in their world image. And so I kind of fear, and I'm openly expressing right now, that real discourse, that real freedom of speech, a real diversity of thought, is not entertained, not because they feel like they're opponents, but because people at this stage are so emotionally invested in the truth. And I'll admit I am one. I'll admit that's my case, because I speak for myself and I, I imagine that for others. That because these issues are so traumatic and these issues are so big and so grandiose, right? Like, Earth belonging to a extraterrestrial governed confederacy of species that is such a grandiose topic that if you were going to approach it from a human first angle and you think aliens have negative intentions then you think all of the extraterrestrials like say if you think all extraterrestrials are demons right for example and you think the Astro High Command is a Luciferian um, plot or Luciferian agenda to uh, control mankind and to bring about the end of days. I understand that you are very emotionally tied to that because that involves your faith and your religion and societal factors and like the, your, the lives of your loved ones and of your pets and things like that. 
I understand that it's going to be very difficult because someone who is pro-Ashtar High Command and pro-Earth joining extraterrestrial governments and in groups of, of defense organizations and joining into the solar system and rising above just being a you know, uni-species uh, mindset into a multi-species mindset um, that it's going to be apples and oranges, right? It is. And this is where I'm saying, like, yes, red-pilled is cool. At least we're using our minds. At least we're thinking. At least we're not denying shit. We are really deep into the, the research and the material. We're reading about, like, Admiral Byrd. We're reading about the great cover-ups, different extraterrestrials. We're using knowledge, our own experience and stuff. We're seeing through the matrix, right? We're seeing through the cracks in the wall. And we're coming up with the great reality that's behind everything. Great, great, awesome. This is awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. But even within this very elite group, which is, you know, like I said, the Red Pill group, the the division is even stronger because the purple pills don't have to worry about that. They all don't really believe and they all really don't care and they all really don't have any investment in, in this, you know, besides thinking it's all cool and curious, right? The people in the red pill oftentimes associate things like religious prophecy and political theory and uh, racial identity and things like that. All, all of that shit gets used for um, just uh, you know deciding their judgment on these things or creating their points of view. Right? I've heard people reject the Ashtar High Command and the existence of aliens because they're communists. And that must make them a Soviet Union plot. And that really Russians are the ones that all live up there and that they're going to come down and really the Soviet Union already took over space and that it's anti-American to uh, accept aliens. I've heard that before. I've also heard that it's the devil, it's Satan, it's Lucifer, it's all these evil demons and shit and that they're coming down and that it's they're going to make hell on earth and that it's, it's all biblical prophecy etc I've heard that I've heard that it's Jesus Christ and the second coming and all these ascended masters and that's really Luciferian so it's against Jesus Christ and it's against uh, Christians and that UFOs are made by the New World Order to help promote atheism and stuff and I've heard that right except you you get into those debates with people enough. You don't want to get into them anymore. Because it at that point, you realize that, yes, the red pill is extreme. And, and unfortunately, in the extreme, you find extremists. And so we always have to kind of keep an open eye to any extremists. Anyone who is including very classical... Uh, hate speech or any kind of classical agendaism for racial superiority or anything like that or racial inferiority of others or cultural inferiority or any kind of xenophobia that's not cool that's something that you shouldn't take in ufology everyone's got their agendas um, 
and and you got to think that in ufology, this is perfect, perfect grounds for that. And like I've said before, um, it's not the subject matter, and it's it's about authenticity. It's about um, who you're really working for, who you're really trying to promote. Are you just trying to promote and take advantage of people's vulnerabilities? Are you trying to con them? Or are you trying to indoctrinate them? Are you trying to radicalize them? Are you trying to find people who are curious and generally open and receptive to information and then use that to turn them off to things? That is uh, also very dangerous. And that's said, I don't really want to be associated with these things. Those kinds of people. Uh, it's much more nuanced on that kind of level. And like I said, I'm hoping... This is attracting the right kind of people. This is attracting the people who are left. Those that are making the big connections, those are connecting the dots, those are going to the most extremes, quote-unquote, of the ufology world, seeing it for what it is, rationalizing it, understanding it, using logic, connecting all as much, doing their research, using it, you know, studying it for years and years and years and coming to the conclusions that the great experts and elite are saying. They've done their own research, they're writing their own material, hopefully, making their own videos at this point, making their own podcast episodes. They're taking it one step further, looking for UFOs, looking for uh, things out of the ordinary military operations, things that are helping cover up the UFO phenomenon. They're seeing through the cracks themselves. They're curious and hoping to kind of make connections with other real, genuine, living human beings that want to know the truth and want to be awakened to the truth. Those are the kind of people I'm hoping to attract. Those are the kinds of people I'm hoping to talk to and be on their programs, be on their podcasts. I'm not um, going to mess around with anyone else or the people I've just mentioned, except for the people who are red-pilled, who have open hearts, who have open minds, who see these things as positives, who see these things as utopian results, of optimistic results, not apocalyptic thinkers, not um, people who are fearing extraterrestrials, people who are afraid of others, who have xenophobia, who think extraterrestrials by nature are evil, or who think by nature mankind is evil. Because I don't think mankind is evil at all, either. I think everything ultimately is the way it absolutely needs and should be. You just have to find your place in the system. If you care for such things as your destiny, Know that you didn't make the world and you can't change humans. You can't change the world. But you have to just attract those people who work best with you so that together you guys can go further and connect more, create more, channel more information out to the public and then to thus, like I said, a rising tide uh, raises all ships you know, and, and hopefully you guys are the tide. Exactly. Hopefully those people who will welcome me on their program, who will invite me on their podcast, who will um, work with me in the future. 
hopefully you guys will understand if you ever hear these words that the universe heard them before you and has set everything in motion to make that happen and I absolutely look forward to working with you guys in advance and I'm thanking you all in advance for working with me in the 2022 calendar year whoever you may be thank you very very much most sincerely we'll be coming back with an hour of information based on memes this time and we're going to be stopping for a quick music break alright namaste and shalom everybody thank you very much for your patience thank you very much for tuning for continuing on you know in the second part of the podcast um, for those of you who are listening, exactly, you are most likely already supporting me, and I thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for that. But in case you are not, in case you are listening to this podcast, you a, you are a first time listener, you have not reached this material before, uh, my channel before, or my podcast before. Say this is your first time watching it, or you're watching this this live stream on Instagram, for example. You're watching it, and you haven't heard the news. Um, I operate on YouTube. I operate on TikTok. I operate on Telegram. I operate on podcasts that are uploaded across the internet dozens of platforms all the platforms really uh, every major platform that I've ever found that contains podcasts from iHeartRadio to Spotify to um, Anchor to Overcast to, to Podcast Addict you know every single podcast distributor Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts um they all carry the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. And, you know, you can watch it however you so wish. You know, it's all up to your choice and everything like that. If you're watching this on the Instagram live stream, go check out that. You know, if you're not a podcast listener, um, you know, I, I just you know, encourage you guys to try it out and everything. Hundreds of millions of people listen to podcasts around the world. It's the fastest growing um medium for uh, new creators, internet creators. It is quickly becoming the most popular uh, entertainment, I guess call it like a method, like, you know, medium in the world, surpassing television, surpassing YouTube videos, surpassing websites. Um, it is quickly becoming, it's like, not, not currently the best, but it's quickly becoming a rival to television itself. Yeah, podcasts, and so definitely, definitely, it's podcast news, for example, podcast talk shows, podcast variety shows, are already reaching 50 million uh, viewers, in some cases, uh, internationally, where the, for example, CNN domestically is not pulling in a million viewers a week, so the ranking exactly is quickly becoming in the favor of podcasting, so definitely encourage you guys to check out the podcast. Uh, get on the ground floor for that. Already made hundreds of episodes. They're there in my archives. Some of them, uh, the earliest year era, the 
you know, more than a year that I've been doing this has been made exclusive to members and to subscribers. Supporters get access to the archive of hundreds, and I mean hundreds of hours, of podcast episodes from the early days, the, the first days. And then as this year goes by, I've already added over 10 episodes to that exclusive membership um, you know, list where only members and subscribers of the podcast can enjoy them. There are episodes like this one, which is public. There are episodes that I'm going to release that are public, but the great majority of episodes are going to be uncensored. They're going to be exclusively available to members and supporters because that allows me to say anything I want. And already, Anchor is starting to change. Podcasts are starting to change. Spotify used to be you could say whatever you wanted uh, on podcasts, and now Spotify is starting to... uh, flirt with censorship and with uh, review of material and with keeping to community guidelines, etc. And we'll see how this goes out, you know, how this plays out um, into the future. But I have only been making the podcast since 2020, right? So I, I'm late in the game. And, and by that, I mean everyone's always late in the game when they start something, right? Because whenever you start, everyone's been doing it before you, and you realize you're literally the newest person doing something, right? You have no experience, no skills, and, and very little awareness of, like, the world around you when you f- introduce yourself to actually making the podcast and not just listening to podcasts, not just, you know, like, enjoying them or knowing what they were about. When you actually jump into the water, for example, you realize how cold it really is. The uh, creation of podcasts, though, is absolutely worth the effort because I feel like it's going to be the future. I'm on the right side of history with these things. I'm on the right side of history, and I believe that everyone who I can tell and encourage to start listening to podcasts, even if it's not my own, definitely, definitely I will because, you know, just... I think radio is that mixture of soothing, aesthetic of uh, low-intensity entertainment, but also because of its variety and it's it's particularly honest and, and you know, um, sincere approach and delivery, there's programs for everybody. There are programs for every single type of person um, out there. It's, it's actually pretty incredible how many... Uh, programs there are it's it's in the hundreds of thousands you know i mean it's and they're all accessible online they're all accessible through different platforms and everything so you know highly highly encourage people who aren't listening to podcasts this is this is just a plug for podcasts right to definitely jump into them um that being said, I also make videos. I started making, I started this channel making videos under a different title. I started this uh, project making YouTube videos. In many ways, it was originally only a YouTube channel, and it was originally only to create YouTube videos, um, more based on like serious journalism and serious news and everything, but serious topics, but videos, video format and everything. So for those listening to the podcast, listening to this live stream and want to watch videos uh, that I've made, videos that I sponsored, dark web evidence, paranormal evidence, supernatural evidence, evidence of the, uh, the unexplained, evidence of the mysterious, evidence of points that I've been making 
on my channel and on my podcast. Evidence that proves my beliefs or, or evidence that would prove your beliefs if you believed in the things that I like talking about. Um, original evidence as well as unique evidence. You know, hard to find evidence, rare evidence, evidence that I search the web for uh, every day, hours a day, and bring to you guys in cohesive daily updates. And that's YouTube and that's TikTok. Basically, I bring you guys those videos on there. My TikTok channel was recently deleted, so I'm starting again from scratch, right? And I'm starting, you know, just dragging my heels to build it back up again. But that is uh, TikTok. Very proud of that because, you know, monetized and everything has the option for that. So if you watch those videos, you're supporting me. You're If you follow me, if you like, if you uh, share those videos, you are supporting me in my efforts. And the YouTube channel is completely demonetized, but, you know, I still like the views that I get there. I still like publishing videos there because the audience are good people. The people who watch YouTube are good people. And I do it for the people, really. I do it for you guys. I'm not sponsored. I'm not... I don't have advertisers. It was nice to be monetized, but my numbers, because I was shadow banned, were going to be nowhere near profitable. Uh... You know, it would have been nice to be monetized and, and to be able to always have that $20 or something I earned that month, you know, be adding up in the bank account. But they made their decisions. My content is controversial. It is too real and raw. I mean, that was just more of a badge of of credit and, and like a badge of approval when it comes to legitimacy in my eyes that they were like, no, you're way too dangerous for sponsorship and for the disnification of the YouTube experience that we hope to promote. You're not a shill, you're not uh, fake, you you know, you are the real deal and YouTube is not going to play ball with that. YouTube is not going to advertise that. It's not going to promote it. I'm never going to be trending. I'm never going to go viral. I'm never going to go on the front page of um, you know, uh, recommended or anything on YouTube and start climbing the charts that way. I am going to crawl hand over fist, uh, basically get, earn every single view I get, earn every single positive comment, every like, every, every share and subscription that I get. And it's all going to come from people who are genuinely searching and seeking real answers and real truth to even bring them anywhere near me or anywhere near my channel or my title. I know that. I know that. Like, the, the, the hour before, I just went over talking about the pills, about the, the different genres, the different elements, right, the divisions within ufology. Like, I understand that completely. That, um, that I went and just talked about all that, and so and said who I didn't want to be with and, and who I didn't want to be aligned with and everything like that. And I know the people who find me will have found me through their own journeys, through their own curiosity. It won't ever be handed to them. It won't ever be forced on them. Like I said uh, earlier, the way I was doing it was, you know, I logged out of my YouTube account and... um started searching YouTube as, say, like a brand new person without the algorithms 
uh, already learning my, my, my tendencies and my tastes and seeing who they provided so I could see who literally YouTube is promoting because that is what it is, the conscious promotion of it, right? Um, and I know that I will never be, my channels, my videos will never be on the front page of that. I am page six and back. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's, you see the pages are results. I'm page six and back, way in the back. You know, that's when my videos start popping up. So, anyone who's found my channel, you know, rest assured that you're not probably in that group of people I couldn't stand. And you're probably definitely not in the people that I can tolerate, but just don't agree with. And if you're listening to this, the second hour of a podcast based on UFO meta-commentary and satire, I, I'm positive that you agree with what I've said as well. I'm just going to take a, a gamble on that one and think that if you're listening to an hour into a podcast about UFO commentary and uh, personal positioning and and definition with those that... Um, I'm opposed to that I think are oppositional to the UFO community in a type of like critique and satire of it um, you know I'm hoping that you you've heard, liked what you've heard so far and you know heard stuff that you've liked and are are here to hear a little bit more of it right well I can continue to go into the pills right a black pill and then white pill and Really, that's a better definition of what I think I am and the level I think I am. I'm beyond red pill, right? Or red pill would be knowing that UFOs are real and treating aliens as real, knowing extraterrestrials are real and believing eyewitnesses uh, without the reliance of proof, trying to collect and curate and trying to do your own research into the subject matter, right? Really critically thinking and using your brain. Now, I would also suggest that there is a level beyond that. Black pill and white pill. Black pill and white pill are basically the same pills, but there's two different, like black and white. Um, it's it's not a color, it's it's two values. It's two, it's two uh, was it a shade or a hue? Um, it's like black and white are not colors. Black and white are shades. Um, or values, I think. It's one of those. It's one of those that if you really, if you, when you heard it, you're like, no way, but then it's actually the case and you look really smart if you actually get it right. Which I did not. So let me get it. Search it up real quick so I can put this matter to rest. Because it'll bug me for all the video. White. And black. They're shades. No, I was right. So black is the absence of light. Some consider white to be a color because white light comprises all hues of the visible light spectrum. Many do consider black to be a color because you combine other pigments to create on paper. But in a technical sense, black and white are not colors. They are shades. So the beyond level of the red pill are the black and white pills. This is predominantly... Um, you know, real, real 
schizo tier, conspiracy tier, woo, um, you know, to put it in as satirical and as critical a light as possible, like, I know exactly, uh, what it looks like to people who are outsiders, you know, that this is, this is like how occultism looks to, to like Catholics, like it's, it's straight up almost like, you know, um, heresy according to the blue pillars you know, like, the Blue Pillars can't even conceive of the world that we would walk freely in mentally and, and to kind of reside in. Um, our home turf, our, our territory, um, you know, like, basically is their wildest dream. It is seeing that there is nothing sacred or nothing safe from reinterpretation or reanalysis and nothing can be taken for granted because everything can exist now this is how weird this shit gets because they said the shades of white and black in which you get doomer and you get um, salvation type thinking and both are of equal value, but they can't exist at the same time. White can't be in the black, and black cannot exist in the white. So there has to be two opposite, um, seemingly interchangeable, but non-compliant and, and non-complementary uh, viewpoints for every subject matter in this tier. Such as, do we live in a simulation? Do does does the solar system truly uh, is is the solar system honestly represented or uh, by by society? Um, is our society secretly uh, controlled and not like secretly but openly just an illusion? You know, secretly controlled by uh, extraterrestrials. I mean, like openly just controlled by extraterrestrials. Like the world we live in is not what we think. We li- we live in an aquarium. We live in a zoo. We, uh, human beings are not evolved and are not responsible for our own destiny or creation of society. That, um, not only are we living in a world where conspiracies are real, that the idea of normalcy in real life is a conspiracy itself. We're talking about the deep, deep sub, like, uh, like Marianas Trench level of the mimetic iceberg that is uh, conspiracy culture and the underground and counterculture, etc. Like people who think oxygen is a type of poison that creates hallucinogenic uh, properties that help create uh, the, the state of being known as sobriety in waking life. Uh, the, the kind of, uh, the fact that people age and die in real life because you're being poisoned by the oxygen, because oxygen's inertly a poison. People like that are black-pilled. And then people who think that because of our bodies breathing oxygen, that oxygen itself may be a component uh, artificially introduced into the world. 
and through this one example of oxygen, that oxygen was brought to Earth by extraterrestrials hoping to positively influence the evolution of the Earth itself. That would be white-pilled. When you're questioning oxygen, when you're questioning um, the very DNA that creates your body, then you're questioning the concepts of like what exactly it, what physical part of you um, is closest to creating and to maintain, like housing the soul, your pituitary gland, your pineal gland, um, being like the most uh, the most uh, common culprit or the most common suspect. But then you have, you know, uh, people like the heart or the liver. And when you start actually weighing those things into your own decision making, when reviewing life or reviewing the world or reviewing information, that's when you become black and white pilled. That, I would say, is where I am currently as a channel. Beyond Top Secret Texan is most likely a black and white pilled experience and would work best with hosts, and I mean special guests, and with hosts of podcasts that are themselves black and white pilled. That would be the most productive pairing and to best define the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast and the Beyond Top Secret Texan content that I create it's black and white pilled. The evidence that I show is the clearest, the most upfront evidence, and it's absolutely the most evidence that challenges people's worldviews. That is where I want to specialize, and that is where I want to focus. People who are not are not satisfied with the status quo, and with not satisfied with the confinement and the limitations of having to work in regards to maintaining a reputation or an or even a a connection to skepticism or to um you know um cultural relativism cultural uh centrism you know like uh anthrocentrism people who think human beings may be can maybe a part of this maybe witness to it but aren't actually entirely created by extraterrestrial intelligence or by other divine intelligence or in connected into a destiny or connected to some kind of multidimensionality for a purpose or for a greater reason a greater sense of connection and people who are, say, extremely red-pilled may understand that they they are a part of it, that they are a witness to it, that this is something that can affect them and affect, you know, their futures. But they may not accept the fact or may not understand and, and just can't picture the fact that everything is actually due to this cause. Is, is connected to this cause in a much greater level. This is like John Keel level shit. This is like, you know, um, John Keel when he came up with his psychic phenomenon theory of everything, his, in, his, his theory of like connectivity uh, to the Mothman prophecies are like, um, you know, this is this is real higher level 
um, bases uh, conversation as well. Miles Johnson, as much as I criticize Miles Johnson for his personal alignment and his agency, that channel, that project, Project Bases, produced some of the best interviews with the realest experiencers of the SSP, Secret Space Program, Super Soldier Program Phenomena, that have ever been interviewed in the history of ufology. I would say that Miles Johnston's and his basis uh, group did more, pushed ufology further and to more extremes by reaching out and to providing a listening ear and saving and recording their stories for posterity the real survivors and the real experiencers of these phenomena that are themselves the only proof that this occurred because the world that we live in is understood only through their eyes because when how they tell the story how they have experienced it, how I've experienced it how many people have experienced it in this black and white pill level is that normalcy is the simulation Normalcy is the matrix. The real world is the fake world. That is the movie set. That is the stage. And that if you think that is what the other thing is challenging, then you're always going to... It's like looking at a telescope from the wrong lens. You know, if you look at it from the right lens, everything is magnified. But if you look at it from the magnification and the out end, you know, looking down, everything is... It created into a microscope, and it's just the same thing. You exist in a world where your microscopic world is not the real world. You are only seeing the world at eye level on a microscopic level, and the real grandiose celestial cosmic world is just like being an amoeba in a laboratory in a petri dish slide underneath the microscope, and then questioning whether or not the people looking at you had any business you know for creating you or, or, or any business um, controlling you or controlling where you are you know like you're in the slide you're in the laboratory and you're wondering if the the beings the intelligent extraterrestrial beings in the laboratory are responsible for it you know of course they are you know exactly of course of course they are you're a microscopic you have to understand the microcosm and things like that you have to look at the macrocosm and it's one of those things where you can't explain this to people because they exactly they live in their microscopic world they're looking at it from the wrong end they don't understand the device their mind their eyes their senses are designed for understanding the world like the eye is designed for looking through or a telescope is designed for an eye to look through it to to, to to collect and to magnify the image so that it can be sensed and understood, right? And if you don't know how to use your body, your mind, your senses to remember, to collect, to understand, the, the to see the world through the right lens, you're going to see it completely reversed and it's not, it's not accurate to its purpose. It's not accurate to its design. And um, it's just a misuse. It's a human error. But it's the same thing as, you know, I'm a black and white pill. More for teaching people how to use their telescopes, teaching people how to use their binoculars the right way 
so that helps them and they can see. Or Black Pilled would, would, you know, be there to mock them or be there to, um, to kind of lord over them or to power over them. And they're not colors, they're shades. They're not colors, they're shades. And so, um, like Black Magic and White Magic, Black Ufology and White Ufology, right? I guess you would call a black ufologist would be someone who works in the men in black, who works for these government agencies, who uses their knowledge to keep secrets, or uses their knowledge to control the masses. And make no mistake, definitely in this level, in all levels, the government is putting control agents in opposition, spies, I talked about that in the last hour, but at this level... You, you were connected and contacted with literal men in black, literal members of secret societies, literal aliens, reptilians, hybrids, who are gatekeeping, who are reviewing, who are watching to see who's waking up, and who are themselves survivors of the SSB, survivors of the secret space programs, uh, super soldier programs, survivors of all kinds, uh, eyewitnesses, insiders, and... You know, exactly. Like I said it's not a color; it's not a differentiation. It's the same level—the white and the black pill. That's where I am. So, if anyone is an insider, if anyone who has experiences, if anyone who has uh, personal testimony, etc., of being, um, you know, a member of these projects, these groups, any kind of witnesses from cattle mutilation to. Uh, the Chernobyl cleanup, you know, like anyone who was an insider at any era or any generation, definitely um, reach out, contact me, let me know, and then we can work on, you know, cooperating or collaborating on a role. Um, and it would be my pleasure and everything to have you on, to have your side of the story. We don't have to always see eye to eye or see 100% the same. The fact is, if we're on the same level, though, it's better to present each other and to share each other's stories to get that message out there to get that message broadcast and expressed um you know everyone working together would make everyone much much more heard it would, it would amplify you know and if everyone's trying to talk over each other or to to talk alone then it's just a thousand separate small voices but if it's 1,000 combined voices or 1,000 voices each letting each other say like you know a little bit it becomes way more impressive and he's like it doesn't have to all be in tune it doesn't have to all be the same the world's obviously big enough for everyone but it has to be something where the people of advanced and experienced truth and and information um are not bogged down and they are not um they are not uh spent wasting their time wasting their time on programs that don't value what they have to say that don't really serve their message or um are just going to try to um you know, be obstacles rather than rather than um, promote the material, or rather than you know advance any kind of real message. So everyone has to kind of know where they are 
you know, who they belong with and and who's going to best work for them. You know, when they when they kind of go on the the podcast circuit or the the sense of networking. And there's always a temptation to kind of want to work with everybody or try to keep your message to as many people as possible. But um, it's just, it's more like quality over quantity in this field. Where, yes, you want to work with everyone and you want to be on everyone's show and you want to be, uh, you know, invited on and, and to roundtables and discussions and discourses and you want to network and get your email out and, you know, um, basically virtually shake hands and rub elbows and all that and want to get to advance in, and promote your material. But you got to also realize that it's better to not be on the wrong show. It's better to go without. Because if you go on the wrong program, you'll be associated with the wrong people. And you'll be, you know, you'll be spending more time trying to distance yourself and disassociate yourself from certain programs and certain audiences, etc. Than the actual time you've spent carefully selecting and carefully deciding and choosing who you're going to work with and your collaborators. Like I said, I'd rather work with people who are diverse in their opinion, but work together to create together more than people who want to argue and people who want to just kind of go around in circles and they don't want to make any progress, and they don't want to make any kind of advancement in the field. They don't want to make... It's a real field of study. It's a real field of discourse. It's a real field of talk. It deserves to be taken seriously, and people deserve to be listened to. Not argued with, not like just given the runaround and stuff. And they're not freak shows. They kind of curate that, too. It's not supposed to be... You're never supposed to be treated like a curiosity, like someone who, even though they might want to talk and they might have something to say, tell their story, has only one story to tell, or one trick pony, or a gimmick, or something like that. I've had to say no to several interviews because of that. They wanted me to talk about my story and, and tell my side of things, but... Given, you know, I listen to their episodes, I listen to their previous things, and no, I'm not going to go out there and be, and be, uh, and speak to the deaf, basically, or speak to people with deaf ears. You know, the blue pill people, the people who want to, um, who want to, uh, make their name off of you, and, and make their reputation with their blue pill people, like their own little side of people, their own, their own little section of it, their own little slice of it, um, you know, at your expense. That being said, I guess we kind of close out this episode and uh, talk about the last 30 minutes about the meme projects that I'm going to start doing. Going to start making uh, more memetic content. Going to be start making more comedy content. Um, I'm a big fan of memes. Have been for a long time. Love memes. Um, Going to start creating memes on a full-time regular basis um, try to create some humor in the community try to create some memes based on the uh, 
real strangeness of it, the outer limits of it, the extremes of the UFO movement, as well as famous sightings, evidence, things like that, try to create some accessible mass, uh, you know, uh, mass marketable uh, memes and hope they go viral, but always have seeds of truth in them, always have really important things to say in each one of them and to kind of uh, embrace it you can't if you know you can't beat it join it and and I don't want to even beat it it's, it's memes are hilarious memes are better than entire stand-up specials memes some memes that are only last like 15 seconds are funnier than entire movies and they stick with you they're easy to share they are you know, self-reproducing, because if you start a trend, it will take off itself, and I want to not be victim to it, and have it be used by someone else at my expense, or, or, or I mean, like, you know, it's all com- competition, like I said in the first hour, it's a highly competitive field, if someone starts doing it, you know, then I look like I'm following the trend and everything, and I'm not the first one to do this, but I think in the black pill, white pill community, I think in the high red pill community, um, humor isn't used a lot. Everyone is very um, spiritual and new age. And, and you know, I think that they take themselves very seriously, which they should. This is a very serious subject. But you will attract a lot more... Um, bees with honey you know than you will with wax and so hopefully this will be both beneficial to my channel beneficial to you guys as an audience reward you guys as an audience but also beneficial for the entirety of the SSP community the secret space program community the super soldier program community the, the survivor community of uh, these advanced government programs, these secret societies, um, these basically um, known unknowns, these extreme concepts and principles that push the outer limit of understanding, that break the matrix, that kind of, you know, snap people out of their sleep. the way to, to bring them in the door is not to gate guard, it's not to uh, gatekeep and to uh, create a sense of like spiritual level of seriousness and uh, kind of comfort or welcome like the new age community is often doing around it like such as Gaia but actually to speak to the people on their level by creating video entertainment by creating podcasts which is a public radio entertainment and to continue to work in those efforts so for 2022 the beyond top secret texan program is going to push forward on those fronts continue the podcast continue the videos continue the live streams which is a new thing I've been doing this month and just testing it out, but live streaming is going great and uh, liking it so far. So going forward, 
in the future. Uh, pushing forward, going into the live streams as the fundamental video effort. Video evidence, of course, from 2021. Got to keep going at it. Going to keep uh, hitting it pretty hard when it comes to the TikTok, when it comes to uh, YouTube video evidence. Going to be uh, pushing it out there, not because it's rewarded, not because it's monetized, but because evidence I feel everyone should see. It'll question it. It's unexplainable evidence. It's legit evidence. Just keep it up as much as you can in front of many people's eyes as possible. Doing that. Podcast. Doing that. Doing it right now. Recording many episodes, multiple episodes per week. Uh, Rewarding my members. Rewarding the people who support me through Patreon with exclusive live streams, exclusive uh, podcast recordings with the members. And, um, you know, absolutely trying to trying to prove to people that supporting me monetarily by becoming a member by becoming a Patreon is worth it because of the content that is delivered it's a small price for the massive amount of content exclusive content based on ufology, based on cryptozoology based on the unknown, the unexplained my own personal experiences, other people's experiences that I seek them and gather them uh, and all the money that you guys are supporting me with, every cost of podcast membership, every cost of Patreon membership, is put directly into the show. Put directly into the show, put directly into creating further content, buying better equipment, providing for myself both, you know, like so I can continue to survive, etc. But everything is absolutely rewarded because the more you put in the more I can put in when it comes to uh, quality of, of content and you know depth of content and everything and you guys are seeing that as I am producing more it's because you guys are supporting me more so I sincerely appreciate that but going forward in the future this is going to be um, the battle plan this is going to be the game plan is basically produce more memetic videos produce more um like satire and uh, critique on it, produce more live streams, produce more podcasts, just produce, produce, produce. Separate and distinguish myself uh, from the blue-pilled skeptics and never associate with them. The purple haze people never associate with them. The red pill people only associate with them if I think that they are positive um, elements, not the extremist elements, uh, not the people who are going to try to radicalize or to justify their fundamentalism, uh, even though they are recognizing and agreeing with the realities present. Um, you know, the, the I'm, you know, you gotta start using your your discretion right there. Uh, better, I'm just telling myself this, and uh, sticking with really with the black and white pill people. The advanced level, even above the red pill, the people who are seeing it from a fully, you know, uh, realized worldview where the human is not the center of the universe. The human experience is not the meaning of life. That they are seeing it having graduated simply from opening their eyes, but to realizing that it's something that's going to use 
more than vision. The inner eye is open at the black and white pill stage. And that is who I'm hoping to attract as a future guest. That is hope, who I'm hoping to attract as a sponsor through their own uh, private business enterprises and everything. Hoping to attract this, hoping to put this vibe out there so everyone listening, if that's you, if that's who you think you are, then you can hit me up. Regardless if you consider yourself black-pilled or white-pilled. He said it's not a different color, it's a shade. And so basically, as long as you consider yourself red pill and above, I will consider working with you. You know, working on your channel. And I've already defined what I consider both those experiences to be. And then based on discernment. But I hope I could have you as a special guest. And you could tell your... uh, You could bring your presence, you could bring your energy and your personality to my program. Or I hope that you... If you have a program, or you have a channel, you have a content uh, creation service, however you are doing it, um, and, and putting your word out there that you would have me, we would share and exchange and support and thus mutually grow and benefit. That is the intention of this. That's what the 2022 game plan is. And that's been the purpose of this uh, live stream and this purpose of this uh, video. To lay out the intent, to lay out that for the universe, to say it out loud, to, you know, add the harmonies out there to the universe. If you're listening to this right now, you know, hopefully it reached you. Hopefully it's, it, you know, you're the kind of person that this message was there to reach. So all of it's working. If not, then I hope you share it and pass it along to those in the future and everything. And if you're a fan of this channel and have been a fan before you know this isn't your first rodeo you're just listening to this because it's completing you know it's the newest episode it's completing your your uh you've got to catch them all got to listen to them all attitude on this channel if you're a supporter like that if you're a diehard supporter you know uh to the beyond top secret texan podcast thank you very much for that support and you know i hope that 2022 you guys love it even more and that you guys are satisfied with the, the, uh, you know, satisfied with the variety that I'm going to be giving you guys. And if you guys have any other suggestions for something that I should do or something I should look into, some subject, some medium of entertainment, uh, of expression, some, um, podcast or show that you also watch that you think would be a great matchup and everything. Uh, but say you don't represent them, you just want to kind of get my attention over in that direction, definitely, definitely reach out to me. Um, you know, hit me up on the DMs on Instagram if you guys are watching this on Instagram Live. If you're listening to this on the podcast, uh, try to reach out through uh, the social media, Twitter, uh, Instagram, or Patreon. Patreon.com gets you direct messaging capabilities. I read them all. And definitely, definitely, um, you know, Exactly. Let me know as I'm producing. Let me know as I'm producing into the future that you guys are watching, that you guys are approving or disapproving. Just let me know. Bring that communication up. Let's uh, always have that kind of between us, um, you know, from the creator to the audience and everything like that. And, and everything is always welcome as long as it's constructive criticism. And definitely would appreciate you guys uh, because I know even if you aren't supporting yet on Patreon, if you're not supporting yet on um, Anchor FM, everything that, you know, 
you're who I'm relying on. You're who I'm hoping will one day support me, will one day get off the fence, donate a dollar, tip a dollar at least, um, or join one of the other tiers that the $5 or the $10 mark, join the podcast, uh, you know, membership to get the exclusive media. That really, you know, is, is what my goal is. That's really what I'm hoping for is to get you guys to support me. So definitely, um, you know, if, if there's something that you would like to see that would get you off the fence and everything, if there's something I'd like to do that kind of, you know, further motivate you to support me, let me know. Because if there's something that you would like to see me offer as a content creator, as someone who works on the unexplained, as someone who works, um, you know, in the medium of YouTube, TikTok, social media, uh, video content creating, as someone who works in the conspiracy field, ufology field, someone with my own experiences to share, as well as someone willing to listen and engage with others with their experience, then, you know, definitely, definitely let me know. See, because exactly, I, I have open ears and everything. I'm willing to work with you guys and, and for you guys to work with me. I'm willing and open to communication. I'm just having high standards. And this whole two-hour video was just to kind of reinforce and to reiterate and to clearly, clearly state those high standards for myself, for those who I'm going to associate with in the future, and for those who operate within the UFO community, the ufology community, around me, those who are peers. I don't consider them colleagues, but I do recognize them as peers. People who say, who presence I, I am competing against for your attention, for time, uh, for broadcast time, because time is really the most precious, valuable resource here. We have very little t- time until disclosure. We have very little time to work with within everyone's lives while they still can change the world for the better. And for, you know, exactly for every single um, second that's spent watching a inferior truth program, an inferior ufology program, a boring, repetitive, meaningless you know, a piece of ear ear gum, basically, over conspiracies or UFO sightings that have been done to death 1,000 times before, uh, into the future of 2022, that is a second wasted, that is a minute wasted in someone's education and life, and really, I'm here to provide content for the master levels, for the, you know, the the grand more grand worshipful master levels and above uh, when it comes to ufology and the secret space program in the SSP. So basically, uh, if you guys think you're experts, if you guys think you can handle it, check out my archives and check out my future videos. So thank you very much. I know this was kind of a uh, a filler episode, but not really. This is more of just a content and community analysis and critique episode, and, uh, exactly, I think, uh, I think 2022 is going to be a great year, I really do, I think 2022 is going to be a very productive year, a very industrious year, and that I'm going to provide, um, some of the best content that, you know, I not only can, can, can create, 
but possibly, you know, even as a member of the community and audience, even heard, you know, as someone. So, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what I'm going to do. Really, I'm looking forward to see what's going to happen. Yeah, I can't see the future, but I have a very good feeling about it. And you've been listening to the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. I've been your host, Beyond Top Secret Texan. Coming to you, broadcasting to you from the third coast, the greatest coast, the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast of Texas. Bringing to you the truth about the unexplained, critiquing the ufology community, and breaking it down to the mimetic pill tiers, blue pill, purple pill, red pill, black and white pill, as well as projecting my intentions of making memes, memetics, um, that reach the common person, that reach a greater amount of people, and not treating the extremes of ufology as a closely guarded secret, and not treating it as a spiritual, sacred, new age religion that borders on a cult, but addressing it really, and addressing it in the language of my community and my people of the working class of the world with memes with medics like they do on the 4chan I heard that's really popular with the kids and so um, can't wait (laughs) to actually you know bring you guys some of those uh, some of those videos and everything and when I do I'm going to post them on YouTube here TikTok all over so thank you very much uh, for following me before that, and and for everyone who's going to be watching this after I started doing it, that you know that's just the future, and it's going to keep going. So thank you all very much. God bless you. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. You're blessed to be on top secret Texan. I'm the beyond top secret Texan. So you're the greatest audience out there in Dreamland. Peace out. God bless your families.